Hello guys and welcome to the Lean Off Plants podcast. I'm Chelsea, former overweight, healthy vegan, confused about why I couldn't look like my favorite plant-based influencers even though I was chugging back green smoothies every day. After a decade of unsustainable vegan diets, I learned the truth about weight loss, lost 40 pounds, and now I'm in the best shape of my life even after two kids. Girl, if you've been struggling to drop the pounds as a vegan, stuck in a cycle of self-sabotage, sick of yo-yo dieting and going hungry, never being able to get and stay lean, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I share the no BS truth about why vegan women are overweight, the action steps to get you shedding fat, and the mindset you'll need to get slim for life. I'm stoked to have you here. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lean With Plants. I'm going to be talking about period cravings today because it's a question I get asked a lot. How do you deal with cravings around your period? And I think it's worth talking about. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the science as it relates to period cravings and then some of the strategies that I've found and mindset that I have about that time that helps me deal with it in a positive way and not let it derail my progress because you do not want to be having quite a significant part of your month as something that really, really sets you back. So let's look at that. So the number one issue with having cravings, as I see it, is that it affects your consistency. If you're constantly dealing with cravings and if you're using that as a way where you are less consistent. And when I say using, if that's something that happens, I'm not saying that you use it as an excuse. But if you're finding that your cravings are leading to you having less consistency in your diet and your lifestyle, then that is going to massively hinder your progress, especially if you are at a um, a later stage in your uh, journey where every little bit counts. And I just went on my stories today and I was talking a little bit about these five different stages of weight loss and it's got nothing to do really with how much weight you've lost and everything to do with your habits and your knowledge base. So the first stage that I talked about was building your knowledge base and a lot of people listening to this podcast, I mean actually honestly if you're listening to this podcast you're probably in this stage right now. So you've made the first step where you understand what calorie density is, you understand a bit more about a calorie deficit, how it is vital for fat loss, that you're not a magical unicorn, that you once you get into a calorie deficit will be able to lose weight because you are not immune to the effects of thermodynamics. So a lot of people are walking around operating in a space where, and this could be you as well, because a lot of people that I talk to on Instagram are in this phase, in this kind of phase zero, where they don't understand weight loss at all. They don't know what foods to eat. They think that they may maybe won't be able to have it work for them because they've got hormonal issues. Um, they're just really unconvinced or unaware about how diets work. And so they don't have that knowledge to build on. 
The second stage is where you are building your meals. So you understand calorie density, you understand what foods to eat and what foods to avoid. You understand the 50-50 method and why that works. You've got an understanding of how many vegetables you should be doing. And this is all things, by the way, that I cover in the program that I run. So this stage is really you understand like the practical elements of how to build your plate, how to build your meals, whether you should be intermittent fasting or not, uh, like meal frequency, what you should be snacking on. And you're starting to put that into practice. And then once you've been doing this a little bit, uh, for a little while, you move into the second stage or the third stage. Third stage is hard to say fast, where you're building your habits. So you understand the scientific concepts, you understand what to eat, and now it's actually putting it to, into practice. And it's doing that on a regular basis. So this is things like setting yourself up for success. So you not only know that you need to eat a 50-50 plate, you not only know um, what foods to focus on and whether you should be eating more carbohydrates or more fats or proteins, you also are actually making that a consistent habit. You get up in the morning and you prep meals or you set an alarm so that you can actually put on some potatoes. You have your home environment pretty much free of foods that are going to send you off track. Like you are actually developing those habits and you're understanding, okay, that progress is more important than perfection. You've got that base of understanding and now you're learning all these little things that are going to make it possible for you to maintain this for life. It's really, really crucial that you build these habits off that knowledge base. And then the fourth stage is building your consistency. And this is where something like period cravings can really throw people because they might have, you might have all of these things in place. You might know what it is you need to do. You might know what it is you need to eat. And you are um, like, you've got those habits and you eat tons of vegetables, all that good stuff. But your consistency is not there. You do great for a little while and then you throw in the towel and you go on a big binge or you just eat everything in sight when you go out for dinner or um, you get a craving and you get your period and everything that you learn seems like it goes out the window or it goes out the window at night. So this is where consistency is like such a massive part of the puzzle. And so it's really important that when I'm talking about something like period cravings, and this is what I'm going to do in this episode, I want you to understand that any of these little specifics, like dealing with with cravings, they are incorporated in a framework of progress, which is not isolated. And what I mean by that is you cannot just kind of hijack this and get like a tiny piece of the puzzle without building this like a foundation of a house. Like this is not necessarily a puzzle. It's probably more like a pyramid where you're thinking, okay, the bottom bit was built first and those bricks stack into each other and we have no idea how they actually made the pyramids. I actually went to the pyramids. I went to, it's a pretty crazy story. I went on a mission trip to Egypt and I went and stayed and helped out at a little orphanage for about six weeks. And the first day we were there, we went into Cairo and it was Christmas Day, which is crazy. So I was in Cairo on Christmas morning. 
honestly murky as, like foggy as, you could barely see a thing, freezing cold because it was winter, and we went to the pyramids. And they're insane. Like, the pyramids are so freaking cool. But the funny thing is that I thought that the pyramids were going to be, like, out in the desert. And it's, it's like, the back of them, one side of them was in the desert. And then the other side you could look and you could say, oh, yeah, there's McDonald's, there's KFC, there's, like, all these high-rise buildings, there's all this rubbish and people and cars and just a city right so yeah anyway it's like my little story of Cairo like the pyramids are amazing but understand how I hopefully understand what I'm kind of trying to kind of trying to you I, I dare use that phrase in conversation now I'm kind of trying to do this explain to you that it's this foundational kind of building element where you build off these particular uh, concepts and then you're able to actually uh, make progress with time and you've got this solid foundation whereas when you think about a puzzle piece it's much more disjointed uh, you can kind of start anywhere and you can do that to an extent with weight loss I mean you could you could get like one foundational piece and then you could build that onto you could build some other things onto that without having the entire foundation or you could build like a little top bit first maybe and then build go back and build the foundation later but it is really helpful to actually think about it this way um, and realize that nothing is in isolation no tiny piece is going to fit in when you're not getting the entire picture and you're not really working on it. That does not mean you have to get everything all at once. It does not mean that you won't go back and look at the basics. I have to go back and remember calorie density a lot of the time. I have to go back and remember to eat my vegetables and to be consistent and to set myself up for success when I'm leaving the house. But it means that you actually are able to fit this into a framework that you will be able to make progress on and that that will be consistent. So consistency is super important, but it's something that you would hopefully be developing um, as more of like a later stage thing. Like it's very hard to develop consistency in your diet when you don't have these other steps, when you don't have that knowledge base, when you don't you know how to build your meals, because then like what are you being consistent on? If you don't even understand that you going hungry in the morning and you skipping a meal is going to make it almost impossible to stay on track later in the day, if you don't have that knowledge base, if you don't have that understanding of building your meals and your habits, you have got, it's very hard to be consistent in that. And this is why this matters for your success. So the fifth one, just to put it out there, and that is being able to build your lifestyle. And this is where I want all of you guys to end up. This is where Cassie, who I interviewed on the podcast uh, a few weeks, maybe a month ago, this is where she has gone from having no understanding of weight loss, of trying so many diets and seeing some results and um, like seeing some successes but always gaining that weight back never having freedom to really grasping this to having that knowledge and now she's been able to lose 38 pounds in the last five months she's got complete freedom with her food she knows what to eat she knows what to focus on she can customize that and based on her goals and based on her lifestyle choices, she can eat out occasionally when she wants to. She's looking absolutely 
fire. Guys, go check out my Instagram and you're going to see a picture of her before and after. And people look at that and they say, how long? This is the number one question I've gotten on that post that I posted. How long did it take? And it took five months. But the real question is, how quickly did she move through these stages? How thoroughly was she able to build this base so that she could have a transformative experience? And guys, you can have that experience too if you build off these stages. And that's where it's so, so important that you are doing that. And Lean of Plants is not open at the moment. I'm thinking the doors are going to be open again around November. Get, definitely get on the wait list. You can go onto my website uh, and I'll put a link there. You can get on the wait list for when they open because this is what I teach you. And the next time the course is opening, I'm going to have uh, like redone a bit of the course so it's even more clear and that it really helps you to focus on what you need to to get um, progress and get results in the stage that you're at. Because a lot of time we're focusing on things that do not matter when we haven't even got those basics. And that's why I wanted to put a little bit of a disclaimer or just help you understand that for an episode that is, I'm saying that this is going to be about period cravings and I haven't even talked about that yet. It's 12 minutes in and counting, but I want you to understand that this is a, a detail that is based off a much, much bigger concept. And it's really vital that you get that. And whatever stage you're in, whether you're very new to this or you've been doing it a while, the most important thing for you to focus on is improvement. It is not on you being perfect. It is not on you getting all of this right. It is you making a tiny step forward, a halting step to where you want to be, and that that can be just a tiny bit better about than what you did yesterday or how you normally deal with something. You do not have to get it all right. So specifically, let's get into some specifics. When it comes to dealing with period cravings, I would like to say that I can actually deal with them pretty well. Um, my periods are really light. Guys, there's actually a big difference from before I was eating this way. Even when I was eating a vegan diet, but I was eating a much higher fat diet, I found that my periods were a lot heavier. Uh, they lasted a lot longer. And now that I eat a pretty low fat, high carbohydrate, whole food diet most of the time, my periods are pretty light and I don't really get much pain. So automatically, because my periods aren't a big deal for me, I am not struggling as much during that time. So this is something to think about. If your diet is on point, you're probably going to be dealing with this less. You're probably going to be having less cravings or at least having less pain emotionally and physically where cravings become much more, much more manageable. But the key strategy that I have with dealing with cravings, especially around my period, is that I give myself grace to deal with a situation when it calls for it. Because I am acutely aware of how likely and how much of a tendency I have to think that I'm going to be able to be perfect and to plan for perfection and then instead do the complete opposite. Whereas if I give myself grace and I say, hey, okay, this is a time where 
I've got all these processes which are um, increasing my want for comfort, where I am probably more tired, where I'm in a little bit more pain and I've got cravings. I'm not going to fight that. I'm going to accept that that is something that exists and I'm going to put things in place for a little bit of a compromise where it's not, this is not going to be like my perfect ultimate eating days, but I'm going to get through this well because I need to be able to get through it at all. And the biggest issue that I have seen with anything where you try and do too much at a time where you're so strict with yourself is not that that inherent strictness is any kind of problem. It's that when you have so much strictness and so much rules and you've got no compromise at all, you just don't do it. So it's it's not the fact that it, you're too hard on yourself and then for some reason being so hard on yourself um, has an issue. It's that when you're so, so hard on yourself, you don't do that thing at all. That when you're hard on yourself, you actually do worse. You throw in the towel more often than if you give yourself some leniency. So you're not actually improving. You're actually going backwards. It's the same with massively cutting calories. It's not the issue. This is, this is real funny. Like, and I don't want to, I never want to sound like I am kind of above these issues because I still do these things. Guys, I still get stuck in this mindset. Uh, I'm very aware of it though. I'm aware of the issue of it. And I see so many people and they're paranoid about what will happen if they cut calories too much. And I say, and I just think the issue is how hard it is to consistently cut calories. Like that's the biggest issue that we face. It's not that you are going to be able to maintain, um, like massively cutting your calories for months and months on end. The issue is that you are going to try to massively cut your calories. And from trying to do that, you are going to go, uh, in almost the complete opposite where you get so hungry that you eat more calories than if you even, than before you even tried to cut them. So it's not the cutting them that is going to be detrimental to your health and your journey. It's the fact that you end up actually going in the opposite direction. And this is the biggest issue with progress. It's not that doing too much inherently is the issue. It's that by trying to do too much, you do less. So start small. Be okay with progress. What does that look like on a practical level? Let me give you you a bit of an example. When I've got my period, when I'm dealing with that, I am, if I'm feeling like eating a certain type of food, I'm going to do the best I can to modify that food um, and eat the more kind of comforting foods. Um, I'm not going to try and just completely squash that craving. So the thing for me that I would probably be eating more around my period is things like noodles, um, like noodle bowls. I would probably be eating pasta a lot more. These are things that are comfort foods to me. And I have no issue with this because what I do is I still eat a crap ton of vegetables and I'll put those vegetables with the pasta. And the thing is, I don't eat pasta every day. It's not really ideal to be eating uh, like a refined product like that every day when you're trying to lose weight. But for that time, if that helps me to, if, if eating a bit of pasta 
with a ton of vegetables and eating probably a bit more than I normally would or um, like making some kind of healthy oat cookies with some raisins in them, if that helps me to stop going out to the supermarket and buying like a vegan Magnum, which I don't know if you guys have Magnums in the States. They're like um, like ice cream on a stick and then it's uh, – you've got like this ch- – it's covered in chocolate and oh my gosh – I cannot, they they are so good and they've recently come out with vegan ones and there's like one that's got like flakes of almonds in it and it's seriously so amazing. I don't really eat it very much for obvious reasons. It's probably got the same amount of calories as a meal. Um, but if, if me being a little bit more lax on the kind of foods that I'm eating at my meals and the kind of foods that I would normally eat, like banana ice cream and all of those kind of healthier, lower calorie than processed food treats, then I'm going to do that because that's helping me to improve on what I would do otherwise or what the kind of the background that I've had. So this is where improvement, improvement over perfection, progress over perfection. I've said that so many times in my podcast, but it is so true because if you can make progress and you can consistently make progress, my friend, you're going to get there, right? Because that's how progress works. One step One step, one step. What we do is we try and make this massive leap, this massive leap over a ravine, and then we fall, and we fall down. And that is not going to be helpful for long-term consistent progress to get you to that stage five where you're building your lifestyle, you've got that freedom, and that's what I want for you. All right, so let's look at some actual science. And when I was reading up some articles and some papers about this doing my outline I was honestly so tired it was making me go to sleep so I went and had a little kit and I'm feeling a lot better now and this stuff is actually not super complicated and I'm not going to get into it in a complicated way because spoiler alert there's a lot of this that I just don't know and it's not really something that's worth me spending a lot of time getting into so yeah (laughs) I think the main thing to understand is that When you are in your luteal phase, which is the phase from when you ovulate to when you have your period, and that can be for some people between like seven and um, let's say like 20 days, I think is like a really, really long luteal phase. And that's a consistent number of days for every individual. So I think mine is 11 when I used to track, um, when I used to track like ovulation and things like that. So when you're in that phase, you your hormones are slightly different. So you've got lower estrogen levels and you've got higher progesterone levels when you're in your luteal phase. So some researchers think that um, this is why people who are on some of the contraceptives that actually increase progesterone will uh, gain weight and it's because it increases your hunger. So women can eat upwards or up to about 500 calories extra a day during that time leading up to their period. And 500 calories a day, like that's not inconsistent, uh, insignificant, sorry. That's quite a lot of extra calories. So if you're dealing with cravings and that's causing you to have increased hunger, it's really, really important that you are dealing with that well when you're trying to lose weight. 
So why do we actually get cravings if that's not just an increased hunger from increased progesterone? So some of the theories out there are that eating carbs increase serotonin levels and that just helps your sense of well-being. So if you're reaching for carbohydrates, and most people will do this in the form of fat and carbs, so think sugar and uh, like oil in the form of chocolate, then that's going to be some kind of self-medication to actually help you feel better during a time when you are just naturally feeling like you're either in pain because of period cramps um, or just not feeling very good about yourself. And so that's actually going to help you feel better or that's the idea of why you would have the craving for that kind of food. So most of the stuff that I looked up, it seemed like it was dealing with that uh, like premenopausal, like those premenopausal symptoms as opposed to being on your period where you're actually um, like you've actually ovulated and you're in pain and like I think that's a completely different ball game. So I'm not really sure when people ask me to talk about like period cravings, whether they're talking about uh, those effects and those hormone hormonal changes that affect hunger and cravings leading up to their period, or if they're talking about when they're actually on their period. Um, I yeah, I would definitely experience a bit of both of those things. And I think when you actually are on your period, if you've got pain there, if you've got massive discomfort, and that's like emotionally and physically as well, then it makes sense that you're going to be reaching for those foods that are going to help you feel a bit better. They're going to increase serotonin. They're going to help you have a dopamine hit. The issue is obviously that they're not helpful for weight loss and they are going to increase your cravings later on. Like the more you eat something like chocolate, the more you want to eat something like chocolate. So if you can find a bit of a happy medium where you are eating uh, like a better than you would, where you are reducing that kind of food, where you find a compromise where it's not maybe not ideal for weight loss, where you're eating like tons of banana ice cream or uh, like lots of oat cookies, that's still way, way better than you like me driving to the shop and getting a magnum, right? There was a really interesting little study that I read an extract from and it's called A Clinical Study of Premenstrual Tension and this study was done on volunteers uh, with premenstrual symptoms at a prison. And I thought it was interesting because they said 62% of violent crimes were committed in the premenstrual week when they looked at the records of these people who volunteered for the study. And they ended up giving them a combination of uh, a vitamin B complex and... Um, they supplemented them with milk and cheese in that premenstrual period. So this is something that I found that people say helps, like increasing the amount of calcium that you're eating. Obviously, I am never going to recommend that you eat milk and cheese, but if there is something to that, you can increase your calcium-rich plant-based food. Again, it's, I mean, it's not something that I've really, really looked into, um, but if you are eating a whole foods plant-based diet and eating a lot of greens, you should be getting your ample calcium as it is. So they did find that um, with giving medication, about 79% of inmates reported improvement when they got that medication plus the um, like higher milk and cheese diet. 
And the study concluded with results showed increased work output, improvement in behavior and attitude, fewer requests and sedative medication, less punishment for infraction of rules and marked increase in the general morale. So there's that. The biggest takeaway from this episode is that regardless of whether you experience cravings or not, your biggest thing to focus on is to first of all minimize the effects if you can minimize the minimize those cravings and then adjust your coping mechanism so if you are dealing with pain i really recommend consistently trying a whole foods plant-based diet that is low in fat i know that it has helped a lot of people it significantly helped me i didn't look to see if there's any scientific evidence on this um but it's it's a healthy way to eat it's the best way to be eating for weight loss and for health so give it a go this could be just an added benefit that you might experience and that's going to help you deal with cravings and be in an emotional state to better make decisions if you're not dealing with massive pain And then when you're dealing with cravings, if you can minimize the effects of cravings, if you can minimize how strong they are, then you're going to deal with them better. The best way that you can do that is make sure you are eating enough food, especially enough whole food carbohydrates, because that's going to reduce your cravings. If you are trying to eat tiny portions of food and you're finding you're in the cycle where you go hungry or you skip a meal and then you have this knock-on effect where you're super hungry on the weekends and you're binging and you've got tons of cravings or you're eating really late at night because you've got cravings, then your biggest thing to focus on is really eating enough food so that you can increase your consistency and reduce your cravings. Like this is not an issue with you. This is not a psychological issue. It may have become a psychological issue, but more most fundamentally, this is physiological. This is related to your body and your body noticing that you are hungry and that hunger drive massively cranking up or amping up its effect on you to to basically tell you and compel you to act in a way that is contrary to what you want to be doing for your goals so do not make the mistake this is like a noobist mistake but it's it's very very common where you're not eating enough food and you're not eating the right kind of foods so that you actually have to deal with more cravings than you should be And then this is probably more related to mindset, but that's finding strategies that are going to actually improve your habits um, and that's going to increase your momentum. It's going to help you to not feel stuck and it's going to help you to make those small improvements so that you can get where you want to be with time. And specifically for that, making some kind of compromise, working with the situation you have. If you're really dealing with cravings and you've done all these other things, then work with that. Understand, like say, okay, this is the way that things are. I'm not going to I'm not going to say that I've got to squash this and completely eliminate it. I'm looking for progress over perfection. So like I said, for me, on those days that I'm really craving things, I give myself some leeway. I make some more of my comfort food. That's pasta. It's big noodle bowls. I put a ton of veggies in there. If I want to have like a a dessert with banana ice cream, 
or frozen blueberries or soy milk and some cinnamon on there or some um, sweet potato mousse which I've got a recipe for in a YouTube video that I did then I do that I do that because the alternative is that I go off the rails and I, this is the long haul for me right I've got to make this last for the rest of my life so I'm not getting obsessed about whether everything is perfect now because nothing good happens overnight so I'm constantly thinking about improvement over perfection and that's what you can do as well you can look at it or you can look at it in terms of what are your current habits what are your current struggles and then figure out a way to improve on them and what's going to be so key is identifying where your real issues are so that you know how to deal with them you know what to focus on and like I said Lean of Plants is not open right now but if any of this is resonating with you and you're like yeah like that's me I need to know what to focus on don't miss out when those doors open again because that is what the program is going to teach you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Feeling way more energized after staring at a screen and staring at these little wiggly lines going up and down as I talk for probably way too long. And if you liked this episode, please give me a rating and give me a review. It means a lot to me. Guys, this is a pretty new podcast and I think we're about um, like fifth, about 38 um, ranking on Apple podcast for nutrition podcast. Like I would love to get the message out to more people. So you are rating this and sharing it and getting more people to listen. It not only helps me, it helps this message get out to more people. So if you want this message to really impact more lives, then please do me a favor and do that. I will be very, very grateful. I'll talk to you soon and I hope you have a fantastic week. See you later.